Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Bander podcast, where birders talk birding. For years, I have wanted to go birding in Colombia. I've read about these fabulous tours you can go there. That it has almost a fifth of the species of birds in the whole world in one relatively small country of almost 2,000 species can be seen there, and that the birding there can be terrific. So I thought, boy, I just can't wait to go to Colombia. Well, in early October, an opportunity jumped out at me. I was going to make a road trip to Southern California, and Marion was going to have a, a family uh, get-together with family members for a few days, and I convinced her to uh, go to her family reunion and let me fly from LAX to Medellin to go birding. My son, Brett, was living in Medellin at the time, and I got a chance to visit with him. Brett and Valeria, his girlfriend, and to get in a little birding. So what better opportunity? So I jumped on the chance, flew to Medellin, and got in three days of birding with a terrific guide. You may remember that Diego Calderon and Chris Bell uh, were guests on the Bird Banner episode number 106, uh, the Bird Birder Show guys, and I got a hold of Diego, and he hooked me up with Ivan uh, to take me out birding. So I had three terrific days of birding in Medellin, or in and around Medellin, and really got a good feel for the area. So I wanted to have Ivan on the show, and he graciously agreed. So help me welcome to the Bird Bander Podcast, Ivan Lau. Yvonne, welcome to the Bird Banner Podcast. I've been looking forward to having you on the show ever since I got around for three days in uh, Medellin with you. Yeah. T- tell me about uh, tell me about your uh, uh, guiding business a little bit, and then cover those three days so people will know what we did. Well, thank you for having me here, Ed. Uh, sure, we spent three full days in Medellin. We covered the like the entrance to the Magdalena Valley, plus like cloud forests around the city, and ended up at the Antioquia Brushfinch area at the east of the city. So quite a nice array of species we got there those three days. It was. I, I felt a little bit bad that the, the day I brought uh, Brett and Valeria with us was by far the most physically taxing day. I thought I thought uh, Valeria was going to not be happy, but she, she did really well. Yeah, especially because bearding in the cloud forest in the afternoon can be quite tricky, right? So... For not sure. much, not much activity, and birds are kind of shy. Yeah, and but some some serious climbing. That last little bit, also, on that, uh, yeah, kinda, yeah. I we're near the end, and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to go much farther. And I know Valeria's looking a little uh, like she's lagging a little. And Brett says, well, how much farther to the to the vista? And you yeah. said, oh, it'll just be a few minutes if we walk right along. And you yeah. and Brett take it. You and Brett take off like a shot, and Valeria and I are like, oh my. Goodness, it would yeah. stagger up the rest of the hill to get, to, but it was, it was a nice vista. It was a very yeah. nice vista. A good test for, for the first birding experience, right? For sure, it was a great day, <laughs> and uh, and I have to say, it it gave that last little bit gave a great perspective on the whole valley that you get to just look right down at the city. Uh, Medellin is a, an incredible place. It's a, a giant city in the bottom of a valley between two of the Andes ranges, and just it's it's spectacular. Yeah, basically sitting in the central Andes, and mm-hmm. uh, the Aburra Valley, it's called. Okay. And yeah, it's, a, it's the second biggest now. I mean, almost 5 million people living there. But also incredibly, incredibly, it's a lots of birding to do around. For sure. I thought we'd uh, talk a little bit about uh, the day with 
uh, Rodolfo and the Antioquia brushfinch. Uh, yeah, tell people about that bird and, and how it was discovered and, and the whole story. Yeah, it was a, you know, quite a great story because uh, everyone kind of knew, I mean, they were looking for, for the Antioquia brushfinch. Basically, it was collected. Like, uh, I don't remember which one, it was La Salle, like uh, uh, brothers, like a, a religious, uh, basically, religious group, right? Mm -hmm. They're doing also science collecting and expeditions. And they were treated like slady brushfinch, basically, Atlapetes cistaceus, but we are looking, but people don't pay attention to that. And later, I mean, uh, Thomas Donegan was the one who's currently living. He was the one who saw this, those, those specimens and said, well, this is something different, right? Uh, it basically doesn't have any whisker. I mean, the rufous in the cap is totally, it's completely different. So it's a, it has to be something. And it was described based on, on, on those specimens. So it, actually, the, there was some doubt about the, I mean, because if it's really a species, right? But, right. And no one saw it uh, like a living, a living one until in 2018, uh, Rodolfo, who lives in San Pedro Los Milagros, is a valley, it's called Antiplano Antioqueño. Mm -hmm. It's like a plateau, kind of mountain flatlands. Uh, he he kind of knew, I mean, that those areas was like researchers went there and we're looking for that species, so he kind of knew, uh, like the, the, that one. He wasn't a bird or anything, and he saw something weird one day coming from church. He took a photo, a selfie shot, and sent it to the biologist, and that was it. <laughs> that was the first Antioquia brushfinch. Yeah, kind of crazy that a birder uh, coming out of church on a Sunday morning uh, takes a picture with his cell phone to discover a new species. That's just yeah, uh, and not even a birder. I mean, he was a uh, he kind of was starting or getting to know something and. Mm -hmm. That definitely, that for sure, turned him into a into a birder. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and that was a really fun day walking down on his family farm and having a cup of coffee with his sister at her house. And uh, yeah, just a, just a really cool day. Yeah, it's a kind of disturbed area. I mean, they, he that that species is like barely in there, hanging in there. The last remains. That the farm that we were on is a, a you know a great big dairy farm. I mean a really big dairy farm, and and the 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 terrain there is such that there are deep ravines and places that a uh, dairy cattle couldn't practically graze very well. So there remain significant amounts of vegetation in these uh, almost inaccessible parts of the landscape, and uh, and that's where this brush finch is clawing out in existence. It seems exactly. like exactly. Mm -hmm. And since, cool. since, since then, I've been, I mean, I've been found like several other locations mm -hmm. after that. So it's getting like more and more uh, information about its biology and distribution and all of that. So, Ivan, you, uh, you were born in Venezuela and grew up yes. there and, uh, you know, started your birding there. Tell me your birding story. How did you get interested in birds and, and then follow on to your immigration to Colombia? Tell me that story. Uh, yes, uh, well, I started birding <clears throat> with my dad. He's a biologist, an eco ecologist, and he took me to his field works in the Llanos of Venezuela, the like, plains, flooded plains. 
and yeah, basically he was doing like some uh, collecting seeds and doing beer, uh, research surveys basically. And I saw my my first one was a uh, like uh, ibis, and I saw it with a telescope, and I was like, whoa, what is that? And he had a uh, the Birds of Venezuela field guide. He has that has a beautiful illustrations by Guy Tudor, right? So I guess like, well, and it, I saw the other ones and I started like, well, my dad was like, well, we can see besides that one, we can see those in this trip. And I said, well, let, let's do it. And that's how I started like collecting and, and I haven't stopped since. Very cool. So you got started. Your dad was a, a uh, biologist, was out in nature, and you got to go out with him. Yeah, it was like 11 or something in that time, mm-hmm. 11 years old. Right. And uh, and how did you progress to, you know, kind of becoming a professional birder? How did that uh, all come about? Well, basically by accident. I, I studied biology in college. And after graduating, I, I came... I mean, I, I, I lived in Venezuela with my, my wife, my girlfriend then, at that time. And I started looking for, for work here in Colombia, and I met uh, Diego Calderon. Oh, yes. And basically, he was the one who, like, oh, you know about, you know about, about, about birds, and you know, in, you know you, you can speak English. Why, when, uh, can you guide me a couple of tours and... Basically, that's how I started. He put me in contact with people, and I started from there. So he 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 helped me a lot. Well, you must have been uh, pretty doggone good for him to uh, recognize you as a potential tour guide. How, how did you get so good? Did you just bird a lot, or did you have mentors? Well, actually, yeah, I have a, a good mentor. Was a friend in, there in Venezuela called Jonathan Miranda. I mean, it's the kind of guy who were like. We was just starting college, and he was already graduating. Mm-hmm. So he he knew well. He knows a lot about birds of Venezuela. So building with him was a kind of eye opening that you don't know anything. <laughs> you say, "Well, there's people that know so much, about, especially about calls and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a lot of study here also to come to Colombia, scouting, doing like. Uh, uh, trips for free basically to get to know the areas and sure that's how i get to know a little bit of the country and having stuff and that was uh, i was living in barranquilla by then so i was focusing on the on the north of the country okay then i moved to medellin and now i covered the other part right Right. So you do some tours as an independent guide and you work for Diego and his company some. Uh, what is your, you know, tell me what a typical pre-pandemic, you know, season or year of birding would be for you. What what sort of trips do you lead and, and what, what do you like to do? Uh, yeah, well, this, the high season basically is from November to March. That's where uh, most of the, of the trips uh, happens, right? But it has to do a lot with the winter in the in the north mm-hmm. leaving winter not having not wanting to spend much time in winter so they come to the tropics and also there's good uh, i mean the rain is not that that harsh during those months so it helps but basically the country you can do whatever you want and that in any time 
the, uh, I mean the, the birds would not disappear, they will not migrate or anything. So it gets harder for you, but it can be done anytime. So, so birding is good year round, but you're, the largest part of your business is during the, the uh, northern winter when people exactly. are look at, looking for a warm place to go birding and uh, Columbia exactly. is a great uh -huh. opportunity. Yeah, Columbia is, uh, you know, a, a lot of listeners will know that Columbia has the more species of bird than any other country in the world. Uh, almost 2,000 species, and uh, and I yeah. saw an eBird that you've got about you've seen about three quarters of those. So that's a pretty spectacular uh, uh, country list. Yeah, it was. I mean, got obsessed with uh, trying to hunt as many species as possible, and doing also with the with this kind of work, it helps a lot. I mean, being able to travel to remote areas and always like squishing a couple of, time, of days by my own after each tour mm -hmm. to get some new, new species in those areas. And that's how I get to, to that, that number, trying to get to 1600. Yeah. Hopefully next year. Let's see. Wow. Very cool. Uh, so what are some typical trips that, uh, that, you know, visiting birders would, uh, that you would suggest to visiting birders there. Are, I mean, Colombia is a, it's not a gigantic country, but it's a pretty good sized country and it's, you know, separated by these pretty big uh, Andes ranges. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's not that big compared to the U S but traveling here by car can be sometimes takes a lot of time, right? Because you have to get down one Andean range, come to an inter Andean Valley and go up again. So for me, it's the, the best way is to split it in sections. I mean, you have basically the Western Andes, you can a week in the Western Andes, one week in the Eastern, and one week in the center. I mean, to cover all species. I mean, sure. as it kind of like, I mean, it can be done whatever, in any way, but for me, it's like the cleaning the idea. And you go one place and you kind of clean that place and then that. In another time on, on that same trip, you go to the other one and clean that one. Sure. Uh, so kind of really thoroughly bird one general area before you move on. So you're not spending your whole trip racing here and there. Yeah, and driving too much. And, and about the size and all of that, for me, two or three people is ideal. And four can work also. Mm -hmm. And more, more of that, like eight people and... It's possible too, but you have to kind of lower even the, the expectation of some species, right? Some species that requires like actual hunting, let's say you got to get into the bush and go for them without mm -hmm. big, big group is always challenging. Sure. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm not a, a big international bird or international lister, but I've been on a couple of, uh, you know, tour trips with, you know, a, a bigger van and, you know, eight to 10 people. And uh, I've also had a couple of opportunities to just hire a local guide. And I have to say, I love hiring a local guide. For me, uh, it costs about the same uh, per day or maybe even less per day uh, than going on a, a big name tour group tour. 
uh, and you get personal attention of the guide. If you have trouble getting on a bird, this you don't have to worry about making everybody else wait. You can take the five minutes it takes to get a decent look at a bird and, and yeah. you really get personal attention and it's just more fun. You also don't have to run the risk of, uh, having uh, one or more really annoying guests on your trip with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always like a chance, right? To, or people don't get along too well. And that's what I say, like group of friends that know each other and, and come and are the best. Right? Yeah. I'm and, hoping, I'm hoping to arrange that in Colombia with a group of friends sometime before too long. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of things to do, but also the, uh, like big groups can work. For example, people that doesn't have, too much time to like arrange mm -hmm. with someone. I mean, they can like hire a big, a bigger company that also works for them. People who is like super busy and it, it's the easy button for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. sign up, pay your bill, show up at the airport. Yeah, it's done. It, it has like very strong benefits too. Like yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't worry about anything or it just no. said yeah, it's some something for everyone. <laughs> I have to say, you know, I, I did not work hard to find you as a guide. I, uh, I had had Diego and Chris Bell on the show oh, a few uh, months yes. ago, and I contacted Diego and I said, Diego, are you available to take me out birding? He says, no, I'm busy, but I've got this really good guy. Get a hold of Yvonne. He'll take you out. And we kind of connected and bingo, bango. That was it. So it wasn't really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Diego now, it's super busy, busy man. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Hopefully you'll be very busy too. Yes, hopefully. Not too busy to take some time with your baby that's on the way, but busy. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so uh, what are some of the, you know, every country has its, uh, uh, most countries have its uh, bird or birds that are just the, boy, if you go birding in Colombia, this is the bird you want to see. What, what are some of the most, for, for two, two questions, what are some of the most uh, iconic birds in Colombia that birders want to, want to get to see, and what are some of the the places you go or birds you take the big time listers? I know you mentioned that you've had some you know big number people have seen seven thousand, eight thousand birds in the world, and they're just yeah. looking for the handful of impossible endemics or really hard to find birds. So tell me, you know, when when a birder comes to Colombia, what are some of the you know just iconic everybody wants to see them birds and what are some of the just crazy hard to find birds that the big listers are looking for well for example uh, i would say the, the helmet crest is a big uh, helmet crest hummingbirds there is a big target for anyone because uh, it's a high andean species basically living in the paramos of venezuela of colombia there are three species mm -hmm. in colombia and one in venezuela so people want basically the only way to see them is in those countries right so that's mm -hmm. like a, always a favorite of people cool yeah and in terms of like on super hard actually the endemics tends tend not to be the the super hard super hard i mean and most of the endemics here are i mean gettable so Endemic for listeners who don't know, endemic means only found in a certain area. Endemic to South America, oh, yeah. endemic to Colombia means you can only find it in Colombia. And uh, and you know we saw quite a few endemics, and they were you know probably the uh, mannequin was the, I thought 
the most difficult of the endemics that we sought to find, uh, Yvonne picked it out like nothing. I, there were, we were at, at that, uh, just outside the gate to that first uh, refuge that we went to, spent the day at, the morning at, and walking in, uh, there's a couple of photographers and, and other tour people there scouring for this uh, little tiny mannequin that, unlike other mannequins, doesn't have much to say and doesn't move around very much. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, uh, how did you spot that thing? It was crazy. Well, that, that, uh, I mean, it's, uh, that yellow-headed mannequin is a near-endemic, basically, in Colombia mm -hmm. and in Ecuador. Most okay. of their uh, sightings or locations are in Colombia. Mm -hmm. Ecuador is much harder. Here is very hard, and Ecuador is much harder. Uh, but uh, uh, many birds are going to that place that Romero is calling in outside Medellin, right there mm -hmm. in the south of the city. They found that like a subperchin area because that, uh, that mannequin doesn't eat calls, but rarely, and it's super quiet in general. He only goes like, he darts in the dark to go some get some fruits and come back to that perch. Mm -hmm. So people found that perch and it's been using it since then. So so you knew where to look. It wasn't that yeah, you were exactly. just so doggone good. Yeah. You knew where to look. Yeah. He, okay. he kind of stays in that area and with patience, he normally arrives on any time of the day. You can be a, an hour or something there, but he will come. Yeah. Day. It was nice. It was a little tiny uh, yeah, mannequins of these. What? four inch birds, maybe little tiny birds that have a very short tail and they just, they're kind of famous for their dancing and display yeah. sort of things. But this one was just exactly. sitting quietly in a bush, you know, 40, yeah. 40 meters from the road in a thicket. It was just about impossible. It helps being like super shiny yellow. It helps a lot. Helps a little. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was cool. But the grackle was pretty special too. Oh yeah. That's a special one. I mean, not only for the rarity of the or the endemism of the, the of the species, but uh, it's be the, the behavior and they do communal communal uh, nesting. Basically, one one pair put the, the eggs, and the rest of the group helps raising those those chicks. Right? Yeah, they were they were nice a lot one. easier. They were nice that they were big and easy to see too. That, yeah, that, that, noisy. That, yeah, uh, helps. Good. Uh, so, Ivan, uh, you have uh, uh, spent a lot of time birding in Colombia and some earlier time birding in Venezuela. What are some of your favorite places to go in Colombia? If you had one trip to take, a, if I was going to come to Colombia for a week, and uh, where would you take me for the best birding experience? I mean, for you, for getting lifers for you, I will say the, the Central Andes is packed with uh, super range restricted species and the birding is like very straightforward. I mean, it's not like crazy walking and uh, it's, there's lots of like, infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. But like a personal favorite, I love Putumayo in the south. It's in the Amazon foothills. It's a, it's very hard. The birding there is can be quite complicated. But you get like a this crazy range of habitats starting from the Amazonian lowlands, the foothills, and you get to the Paramo. You get it's a, in a few days you, you change completely of habitat and everything in the same basically department or state. Very nice. So yeah. you've got uh, birding for an old man who uh, doesn't want to uh, 
be put through too many physical discomforts and you've got great trips for people a little more adventuresome so you can uh, meet uh, all all birders uh, dreams. Yeah, and good about Colombia has all like habitat for all birders also. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought when I was in Colombia that the 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 general infrastructure is pretty well developed. I, I wouldn't say it has the kind of eco tourism industry kind of on a platter like Costa Rica does. I mean, oh, yeah. you can just go to lodges where they've got feeders and guides yeah, exactly. and, and everything. So it's just like super convenient and luxurious. Uh, but still, I, I had no problem uh, feeling very comfortable in Medellin. Colombia has come a long ways in the last decade or two in terms of being a a safe and uh, inviting environment for visiting birders. Kind of walk yeah. through uh, what what it's like uh, as a guide. Do you feel, you know, how comfortable can birders feel coming to Colombia? And what's that like? I know a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, I couldn't go to Colombia. It's too scary. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, I mean, many areas are have been safe since much, I mean, for decades. I've been, like, basically untouched by the conflict and, the thing is, Colombia, like the, the image takes all, right? Even the mm-hmm. countries that hasn't had, that haven't been like too much involved in the conflict, right? And say, now, for example, the Andes are I mean, basically completely safe, I mean, or I mean, there must be some some areas that are trouble that we don't go, but they are so remote that it's not like uh, gets any trouble to anyone. I mean, basically, like Putumayo have some troubles and. Nariño also, that's why the people don't like to, to go there as much. Actually, I think the U.S. like uh, suggests not not visiting those areas, right? The, mm-hmm. the sport, how you call it, the state of, I don't remember the, the entity who who said, who puts all the warning for the U.S. citizens. Right, yeah, uh, I don't remember what it is either, but yeah. the State Department or something yeah. like that. Yes, yeah. State Department, exactly. Yeah, cool. Uh, so you've been you you moved to Colombia when you were 20, 22, yeah, something 20, like that. No, twenty six because I am uh, thirty one, and yeah. So you've been five, six years in Colombia yeah, now. It will be five very recently, very cool. soon. Sorry. Cool. Uh, and uh, do you have a, a second job outside of your guiding business, or is that pretty much your full time work? Well, it's the main source of income, but now I have like a remote after the COVID, especially. Mm-hmm. I got like a remote uh, a job for a company in California in the U.S. Oh. Like manual email validation, nothing about building. Yeah, just a, but, a way to make a little money when you can't get uh, people to travel. Exactly. Yeah, that was super helpful during the, the pandemic. Good for you. And they don't they don't mind like if I go birding, they just say, okay, you, we arrange later. Very nice. Uh, yeah. So what is your schedule looking like for the year going forward? Do you have a pretty full slate of uh, tours or what's the season looking like uh, this fall? Well, it looks pretty, pretty full. I live on the 15th in three days, four days. And mm-hmm. we'll be basically continuing coming back a few days in between uh, to late March or something like that. So it's super full. Very nice. So you're mostly working on your own business and mostly working for Diego. Uh, I have for another company that they hired me for a couple of tours. 
And okay. All, the, the rest are, I have one with Diego mm -hmm. in March, and the rest are like people who contact me directly. So you're getting a good reputation for direct business. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You deserve it. You're a really good guide to get me out and around. Uh, what do you see going forward for your guiding business? Do you, do you see that uh, growing, hiring additional guides, staying just a solo uh, solo guide? What do you see going forward? Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I mean, doing more like a formal company and keeping it mm -hmm. very small. I mean, aiming to that like... Uh, top four people per, per, per tour mm -hmm. just for me for a, like a personal taste yeah I enjoy I enjoy it more and yeah and I'm also trying to do more not having to do all the tours myself having finding like a, a partner or someone right and putting my wife to help me with the logistics is very organized and that's a healthy oh that helps good for you good for you so if nice. if if a visiting birder wanted to come come to Colombia and get a hold of Ivan Lau to uh, take you on a guide, how would somebody get a hold of you? Uh, by email, I, I always check the email. So mm -hmm. email is the best way, or Instagram also. So you're on Instagram is a good way to yeah. get a hold of you too. Are you? Yeah. Uh, what's your handle on Instagram? It's called Ivan Lau Lovera. Okay, I'll put a link to that in the podcast notes, and sure. I'll also put your email address there so people will know how to get a hold of you. Hopefully, uh, anyone who's listening who wants a good guide in Colombia will reach out to Yvonne. You could, do a, you could do a lot worse, that's for sure. I had a great trip. It was very comfortable. I, I have to say the taxi drivers that you got were fun, too, especially yeah. the, sec the second fellow. Uh, he, he sounds like somebody you use pretty routinely. Yeah, it's a, a friend of no, previously, before that, he has a normal car. Now, after the pandemic, he went into the taxi business. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we will get a, a new car uh, soon. But he is a, the good thing is, yeah, drivers are very important, essential to have like a super, someone you really trust. Yeah. And being a birder, it helps also. He knows the deal. Yeah, he's a birder, and he also was really good at helping me with my Spanish. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was fun <laughs> to have, have have an additional person to uh, practice my Spanish with. He was very helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arlene's name. Yeah, very nice. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And I'll make Thanks. sure that I uh, put links in the podcast notes in an, and in the blog post that I put up associated with this, so how people can get a hold of you uh, and uh, thanks again. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, See take care. Soon. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that wraps up the Burbiner Podcast, episode number 115 with Yvon Lau. Hope you enjoyed that. If you get a chance to go to Columbia Birding, jump on it. It's a great place to go. And make sure you hook up with Yvon to take you around if you do. Uh, I'll make sure I leave in the podcast notes uh, a link to Yvonne's Instagram page and his email address so you can get a hold of him if you want a guide in, in Colombia. I really enjoyed my time there. And thanks for listening. Until next time, good birding. Good day. <laughs> <laughs>